Welcome to Rafa. I'm Lee West. I'm Senior Minister of Rafa International. This teaching is on Islam versus the world. Islam versus the world. It's a belated teaching, but it's very vital because almost all the whole world is ignorant of the doctrine of Islam. And billions of people are and remain to be affected by this uh, so-called religion. These people have been elected into our U.S. Congress. Islam has even influenced and reached into the office of the U.S. President. As I said, this is a belated message, but it's very vital. Mohammed was born in 570 in Mecca, Arabia. Mecca was a cultural financial center, and he had a sad early life. His father died before he was born. His mother died within his six years of birth. He then lived with extended family members. I think it was his uncle. He was physically cared for, but mentally neglected. I'm sure this in uh, influenced him later on. He was illiterate, but developed wonderful communication skills because he became a commissioned tradesman traveling with trade caravans. And through these, he encountered many different cultures, including the Jews. He could not read or write, but he became a very good barterer. The turning point in his life, as I perceive, when in his travels, he began spending time alone in a cave. The living in the cave was not all that significant because many people in this time lived in caves, but he was alone in the cave. And there he lost touch, I believe, with reality. He started having supernatural manifestations. He said the angel Gabriel came to him and he got the message of the Koran from Gabriel. And of course, the Koran is the true holy book of Islam. And we can see from the travels that he lifted about one third of the Jewish Torah, which is the first five books of their history. You find that in the Quran, about one third of it is almost verbatim to the Jewish Torah. At some point, he declared himself to be the prophet and messenger of this God that he called Allah. And in 620, he had a night vision, he said. A winged horse took him to heaven and hell. There he met Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mohammed began preaching this one God religion in Mecca. There he was totally rejected because Mecca was a polytheistic city. They worshipped many gods, such as trees and stones, water sources, and even three goddesses. He had to flee to Medina 
for safety. This is another cultural city in Arabia at that time. There he raised a small army of followers and went back to Mecca, and with very little consequences he conquered the city. And he began there his ministry of Islam in, in earnest. Islam means submission. Islam is not named after a being or a god, but it's after an action. The action being that the results that take place of it being accepted or denied, but the ones will be punished or they'll have to accept by force. Mohammed died in Mecca in 632 AD. He leaves a legacy of pain, murder, and suffering. The Quran that he quoted verbally, that was written down and put in book form, gives some of the insight into what the trueness of Islam presents to the world. In Surah 9.5, which is chapter and verse, I quote, When the sacred months have passed, then kill the mushrikim whenever you find them and capture them and besiege them and lie in wait for them in each and every ambush. But if they repent and perform assent and give zakat, then leave them there free to go free. Mushrim is unbelievers. Assent means to repent, and zakat is pay a penalty. So if they run into and encounter a, an unbeliever, they're to use force. But if the unbeliever repents and accepts Islam, then they pay the penalty and they're, they are free from any attack or, and to go on their way. In the Surah 2.19, Islam calls its followers slaves. In Surah 47.4, they are commanded to kill unbelievers. Of course, unless they repent and pay the penalty. In Surah 9.1, Muslims are free from all obligations to unbelievers with whom they have made treaty. So no matter what contracts they sign, they are free to lie and they don't have to hold themselves to their word. We've seen this in the boxer Cassius Clay, who was later renamed Muhammad Ali, I saw him on a TV interview, and he said why he refused to be in, inducted into the U.S. military was that, and I'm quoting, Muslims cannot go to war or kill under any, under any circumstances. Well, Cassius Clay willfully lied because he would have been taught that Muslims can fight and they can kill. In fact, if they're commanded to kill us, we just saw in their writings. When their living prophet declares a jihad, a holy war, 
And if you look around the world current events there, now you can see these uh, types of activities taking place. The, they're in a fury because Muslims believe that the time has come for them to subdue and conquer the world. That's why we see worldwide actions of violence on their behalf. Their Mohadif savior is eminent, they believe, and to usher in justice and equality, restore true religion, and to bring in a golden age before the end of the world. Islam, heaven, is only described in masculine terms, not feminine terms at all. Surah 3852 says, quote, Men are given chaste women to fulfill every sexual desire, end quote. And speaking about that, Muslim women on TV, as we see them today, they're given uh, some type of an interview or they're holding a seminar. And they, they give the impression that they enjoy a life equal to Western culture women. And that's a lie. Because female babies in Islam can be and many are murdered because they're a burden. They don't add to the to the culture. Mohammed said, quote, women are deficient in intelligence, and that would be in deficient in intelligence to men. Mohammed was a pedophile. He married Ashisha when he when she was six years old and did manage to wait until she reached puberty to consummate the marriage. In the Islam's Hadith, which is his writing, he is, is quoted that the Prophet used to visit all his wives in a round during the day and night, and there were 11 in number. In quote. Wives in Islam shall be available to their husbands at any time he desires. It doesn't matter if they're mentally not physically up to it or if they're physically not up to it or they just don't want to be available. They're commanded to be available anytime he desires that. And in Islam, husbands can correct their wives by whipping them. Islam is the second largest religion to Christianity in the world. They have two billion plus adherents. They hate Christians to a higher degree than they do the average citizen because U.S. is a basically Christian nation. They are in a word in jihad at the present time around the world. And jihad simply means struggle. The U.S. failed to denounce Islam a hundred years ago. And our leaders failed to address it and deal with it because in our constitution, they, they wanted to yield to the fact that uh, the state should be blind 
to religion, give religion free reign. So they fail to look at the doctrine of Islam and become an, uh, an edu an educated, to become educated rather. In the 1930s, Islam was brought to the U.S. from Mecca, Arabia, by a personage named W.D. Fard. He arrived with the Islamic message into this country. He declared himself to have the message of Islam from its leader, Mohammed. He declared himself divine in that aspect that he had that real, the one and only message. And he found a willing disciple, right disciple, disciple in a person called Elijah Little. Elijah Little, W.D. Fard, later renamed him Elijah Muhammad. At Fard's death, Elijah Muhammad claimed the title of the messenger of the message. He was the, declared himself to be the messenger, which in, in translation would be the holy messenger. He received that title and declared that title upon himself. Elijah Muhammad, disciple and ex-convict called Malcolm X, and this isn't too long ago, Malcolm X. Malcolm chose the X in his name because it was to have a message for the black people. X was to mean a people of no name. And we know that from many years and even some places today, illiterate people can make a, their mark with just an X and then have that verified and that's a legal name for them. So Malcolm X used X to indicate a people, a black people mainly, who had no name and had no expectations. Sadly, Malcolm X was murdered when he discovered sex, the sexual appetites of Elijah Mohammed, and he became disenchanted because he believed that Elijah Mohammed should be exhibiting truly holiness actions. And he planned on going to Elijah and confronting him. He found that Elijah had fathered eight babies by one woman and 13 others by separate women, making a total of 21. And this greatly distressed Malcolm X. So he wanted to have a conversation with him and have something, things clarified. But he was murdered before he could do that. I found it interesting that Martin Luther King was photographed, I've seen the photograph, in the presence of Elijah Mohammed, and it was reported that King complimented him on the desires for black people. And also King is said to in complimented him on the true interpretation of the Bible. 
This seemed hard to believe with the history we know about Dr. King. But King was murdered before he supposedly was to publish and give approval to Elijah Mohammed's ministry. Enter Louis Farrakhan, who had been informed of Malcolm X's intent, and he went to Elijah Mohammed and informed him of Malcolm X's intent. When Elijah Mohammed died, Farrakhan assumed and promoted himself to Elijah's succession. He described himself and accepts the description of him as divine messenger and teacher. Divine messenger and teacher. He prophesies the downfall of any race but the black race. In time, he declares the entire world will be black. He formed the nation of Islam. But I can tell you that they, the nation of Islam, as with the concept of Islam, is failed to the doom of, of failure. There is no Allah. That's a figment of a young man's imagination when he lost his way. Millions of people have been killed under this guise. Because the Lord God Almighty who presented himself incarnate in the personage of Jesus the Christ of God. In John 14, 14, his apostle John, verse 11, writes, that Jesus himself said, quote, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. And John the Baptist had a question too. And Jesus sent back word to him to tell John that the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, Captains, captives are being freed, and in his Jesus' ministry, Satan and devils were silenced and subdued, and Jesus gave wonderful eternal promises to those who would accept him. And as he said, if you didn't understand enough to accept him, then believe him for the work's sake because no one else is capable of doing those miracles except God. I know I had an occasion once on a cruise. I was requested to say a word to a company of nurses, and I told them that nurses and doctors have never healed anyone. And I think I saw a, a twinge of disbelief when I said that, but I went on to say, you give comfort and aid and sanitation, but it's God who does the healing. And I think I use the analogy that if a person goes into the hospital with nothing but a hangnail and God doesn't heal, they are doomed to, to fail and to die.
So in addressing these thoughts as we close, Jesus said in John 8, 24, If you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And I would add, Selah. Good to have been with you until we meet again in a seminar or in another teaching. Lord bless you.